0: Welcome to the Wealth Stream podcast. The team at High Tower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Today, we're going to be talking about their wealth management process over there at Hightower. Good morning, Tim. How are you? You know, I'm good. We're finally getting a little sunny weather, so uh, life is good. No complaints. Nice. Drying out after uh, (laughs) some rainy times. So we're talking about the wealth management process. Now, that's a very general term. What is the wealth management process?
2: Well, we've talked in previous podcasts about the CPA and Certified Financial Planner processes Mm -hmm. that we go through and you know where we gather the qualitative quantitative information we prepare the analysis we look at the balance sheets cash flow etc and that's the fundamental kind of the the base of the planning process which i think Mm -hmm. is you know obviously critical but the problem with that just focusing purely on that basic uh, process is it doesn't really address some of the advanced planning needs that a lot of our business owner clients, entrepreneurs, have uh, a lot of the clients we have that are focused on generational wealth planning. You know things like asset protection. You know, um, protecting the assets from creditors or some advanced tax planning. You know, as uh, as people are looking to exit their business or transition wealth, taxes are a really critical part. And then the other part we've talked in in a number of um, podcasts in the past about uh, advanced planning is preparing and protecting heirs you know so that when they receive the wealth they're they're ready and and I think just the general CPA CFP core process doesn't really also address some of the unique family communications transparency issues mm-hmm. so we try to supplement that with our with our wealth management process
1: got it all right so what are we covering today
2: so today what i thought we would do is what we do here in the office is we will divide the process uh, that we follow with clients and also the number of meetings into a couple of different things where the, the very first meeting we have with people is what we call the discovery uh, meeting or discovery process. And mm-hmm. when we talk about wealth management, I guess that was probably the first thing I should describe is we break it down into you know investment consulting, first of all, which a lot of people think of and this will address you know what most people think about when they come to a financial planner or wealth manager things like preserving their wealth investing their wealth etc secondly we then focus on advanced planning and we break this down into four primary areas again this is kind of our wealth management process we we focus on wealth enhancement uh, mitigating taxes you know everything you do hopefully is profitable not always but Mm-hmm. There's obviously taxes related to it and we want to make sure what we're doing is the most tax efficient process if possible. Also wealth transfers, you know, how do we get money to the next generation most efficiently? Um, wealth protection. We have some industries, some clients who are in industries that are litigious, you know, they're they're constantly getting sued or there's just high liability, the medical profession just as an example. We mm-hmm. want to make sure that those assets are protected. And then the fourth one is charitable giving. You know, we want to make sure that when we go through this process and talk to our clients, when we meet new people, we want to get a really good feel for, you know, what are they doing now? What do they care about in terms of charities, nonprofits, so that we can make sure that they're making impactful gifts, you know, maybe concentrating them more and making greater impacts for, uh, mm-hmm. with them, leveraging different uh, tools.
1: Yeah, so, absolutely.
2: Yeah. So when we we talked about, you know, investment consulting, advanced planning, the third part of our wealth management process is what we call relationship management. And one you, one you would think of, Eric, as just common, which is you know, we're trying to obviously establish and build this great relationship with our clients over time. It's a very consultative process. We're trying to gather information to make things custom. But the other part of it is that we, are, we spend a lot of time and energy managing the professional advisor team. Um, most of our clients have attorneys, CPAs, trust officers, insurance agents, etc. And we want to help be the kind of the glue or the, the coordinator to make sure that we're all working in concert um, for the same goals for those clients.
1: Gotcha. I mean, that's obviously kind of being the, the coach of the entire team. That's a very powerful position to be in and extremely important because every piece has to work together. And so many times I think I would I would assume and I've, I've spoken to people before. Uh, and well, in my personal life, I'll just be honest. My accountant does not know my attorney that I use for for my business. Oh, shame um, on you. <laughs> I know, right? It's terrible, uh, you know. And and they just don't have a relationship together. I don't know if they've ever done work in the past, but they—I've certainly never made that introduction. And you know, my advisor doesn't necessarily have, but uh, well, he has access to their information, but has not pulled them all in together. Now, I'm not a large business owner, or you know, a, I have a small business. I'm not to the point yet where it's going to be incredibly critical that everybody's talking together. But I see myself getting to that point sooner rather than later so now i know i obviously through our conversations i need to make some adjustments but yeah i I can see where that would be incredibly valuable to every one of your clients
2: yeah and the the analogy we use is we want to become a personal cfo or chief financial officer because most of our our clients entrepreneur clients have you know a business where they have a cfo internally but what they don't really have is a cfo externally managing helping managing their you know assets outside of the business and You know, just what a CFO typically does is they do the financial planning for the business. They help manage financial risks for the business. Mm -hmm. You know, people think of them as, you know, the record keepers and financial reporting, but they're also responsible for a lot of the data and and a lot of the data forecasting. And that's really what we try to do uh, in our role. We try to help coordinate the advisors. We help gather the information and help them forecast and
1: look into the future. Mm -hmm. And that's, a lot of that comes out of the discovery process then?
2: Yeah. So what we do with the discovery process in order to try and gather the information we need for that wealth management process is we we have something we call a total client profile. And there's seven categories when we are sitting down in, uh, in that first meeting. And really only one of the categories covers assets like the traditional financial ad data. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of them are really getting at some of those more soft issues, uh, that we need to know in advance before we kind of put together a plan. You know, so for example, if, Eric, if I was sitting with you, I might, you know, it would be very important that I understand, you know, what, what, what your values are. Like, uh, and we mm-hmm. might ask you something like, you know, what's important to you about money. And hopefully what that tells us are things like, you know, maybe for you, it's financial security. Uh, maybe for you, it's independence. Maybe for you, it's, I want to protect my family. So there's all kinds of different reasons why people financial plan and values are, are kind of the first step where we spend a lot of time getting information from the client or from the prospect. Gotcha. We also beyond, you know, just the, once we understand the values and, you know, really why they're trying to do the plan, we then really try to nail down and talk about some of their goals. So we might want to know, for example, um, not just your personal goals, but also professional goals. And you know, we want to know what they're doing in work maybe some of the future job changes they may be considering their career path mm-hmm. um, because that's obviously important for financial planning. You know, we, we would like to plan, plan for different transition points and, and that's critical. Yeah, you know, I mean,
1: one of the things we've spoken about on podcasts before is, you know, selling or acquiring businesses, you help with that and you you do a lot to help your clients plan for that. I mean, obviously that falls right into this category. If I if I come to you and say, I, I, I have my own business, I, I would like to sell it in 20 years, there's a great reason to tell you that because you could help me plan for that now and, and make sure those steps are in place, you know, and have a kind of that checklist that I would be going through for that one small specific thing in my life as, as part of my entire goal package, if you will.
2: Exactly. And, and if I sat today with Eric, with you and your wife, you know, we would talk about your personal goals, some of your professional goals. I'd also want to find out, you know, what goals do you have for your kids if you have children? Mm -hmm. You know, what goals do you have more and more for your parents if, if they're still alive and you're, you're trying to maybe focus on some of the needs they're going to have as they're aging. Yeah. So the goals are different for everybody, you know, so once we understand your values, once we understand your goals, it really helps us formulate the plan, you know, as we get into talking about the, the different assets that you might have, Hmm. you know, and that gets also into kind of the third category, which is what we call relationships, You know, so we've talked about, you know, children and parents, but there's also things like, um, I have a lot of clients who really care about the community that they're in. So whether that's nonprofits, whether that's coworkers, you know, there might be a key management team. So we want to know, um, in addition to immediate family, you know, what are the relationships do you have inside the business, outside the business with people that we also need to make sure we're planning for, because this is going to reveal if there's a priority that we need to address. Mm, good point. And then once we, you know, we've gone through the values, we've talked about the goals, we've kind of identified, you know, what are your key relationships? This is really where we start talking about your assets. You know, we want to know the traditional financial planning, how are your assets structured? You know, what kind of cash flow um, is the business in an LLC, C Corp, et cetera. And we we kind of dive into you know, some of the specific statements. And we like to ask things like, you know, what has worked, what hasn't, you know, what are some of the frustrations? What are some of the best decisions you made? What are some of the worst? So we can really kind of identify where on the balance sheet and where, you know, in terms of cash flow, we need to really focus. Mm -hmm. And then the other part of it too is, so now we have a good feel for, you know, maybe what their values and goals are, you know, who they really want to plan for, um, you know, where their assets are, are located and how they're structured. And we want to dive into one of the things we've talked about in on previous podcasts, you know, what other advisors are they working with? Because we want to make sure that they have the team. You know, we, we've talked about when you're structuring or preparing your business for sale, oftentimes internally, there's a great CPA, attorney, et cetera, but we want to know things like, you know, do you have a personal lawyer and has, you know, what kind of skill sets does he or she have? And, you know, do you have an insurance agent, an accountant, another investment advisor, financial planner, trust officer, et cetera? And what we want to do is is assemble that team, make sure that they have the skill sets necessary to, you know, prepare the plan for the future, and then really kind of um help coordinate that going forward. And this I think is where we really add tremendous value, because just like you said earlier you know, you have a CPA and an attorney that really haven't talked, we want to make sure that they're talking because they need to be on the consistent uh, path to make Mm -hmm. your, your, your life a success. That's true. So once we have a kind of a feel for, you know, who the advisors are, et cetera, we then start talking about what we call process. And when I say process, what I really mean is, um, you know, Eric, I don't know how, you know, when you think of your, you and your wife together, are both of you super interested in the details in the finances? You know, does one of you uh, do you divide the duties between financial planning and your family?
1: Well, I would I would say that as far as like paying bills and and kind of managing the household expenses and things, that's completely my wife. She's very good at it. She she does all the Internet stuff, you know, everything online. I have a book that she's given me basically says if something happens here's all the information you need to know, which is great for me because I don't have to know it on a day-to-day basis. But when it comes to investing and future planning, retirement, things like that, that's kind of been in my, my realm. Uh, She doesn't really have a whole lot of interest in that part of it. So it's an interesting mix because you can't have one without the other and you can't have the other one without the other as well. You know, so it's, uh, but we, we both do pretty well in our lane at this point.
2: Exactly. And in every instance that the, when I work with clients, you know some want to be really involved in managing the details, some absolutely are phobic about it and want nothing to do with it and mm-hmm. you can just see you know the the unease as you as you dive into the details. Um, yeah, the so, glaze is over. That's exactly. A, and so
1: my wife my wife's eyes would glaze over when we talk about the the future stuff. She's about the here and now, right? So I I get you.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, and the other part too is that you know now more and more we're really finding out up front whether people want face-to-face meetings um, i'll tell you that the next generation my my clients children they absolutely need the services we offer they want the services we offer they have no interest in coming to see me and would prefer to do mm-hmm. facetime google chat all, you know things like that so we want to clarify up front you know do you le- how often do you want to meet how do you prefer to meet do you prefer phone yeah. email written communication. I just have, have a new client that I'm, I'm going out to the West Coast next week to um, work with and, you know, just wants mail, the traditional snail mail. So, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm doing because we're just trying to create a plan that fits and is comfortable with whoever we're working with. So process so is big.
1: Because, yeah. And that's just it. You can't have that without the relationship because if, if you were to say, Hey, we're going to send you this, these emails, I would tell you that my wife it drives her bananas that if you pick up my phone right now, the little email icon that's on the screen, it has a red number of how many emails you have and and those the red numbers usually the unread emails, right? right. I showed her, this is probably two months ago, I was, hey, look, I hit the magic number, 10,000. <laughs> <There's laughs> oh, a, man. T- well, I've got seven accounts on in that one app. So I've got 10,000 unopened emails because most of it is just absolute garbage. A lot of it I'm seeing on my computer, so it doesn't register to my phone that I've already seen it. But it, it drives her crazy because she has to have hers cleaned out. So if you send me emails, that is the worst way to contact me because of all the other garbage that I get. Yeah, um, I would much prefer... If we're looking at setting up an appointment or something, if someone would text me or give me an instant message or call me, any of those things I will see and I can respond to because I don't get a lot of that. Uh, and it's just trying to go through my email when you're getting 70, 80 a day. That's just too much. So that's that's fantastic. You you find that out. I mean, it's such a basic, simple thing. but so many people don't even ask that question oh, they just say, sure. like, well, we'll contact you. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea how they're going to do that.
2: Oh, I know. I, I look at Nancy's email on her phone and I, I just have to turn away because I think she's like you. I was like she's, 4, See, unread. she's a smart lady. Yeah, oh, exactly. man.
1: I like her. I like her already. <laughs>
2: she's killing me. I'm like, okay, I just can't look anymore. Never mind.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: So in addition to process, we also talk about, you know, I want to know what their specific interests are because I want to know, but also we need to plan for that financially. So if they have health programs, health issues, you know, health concerns. Um, you know, I like to know, you know what's an ideal vacation because one, one thing I'll tell you I find with people when they retire is they've spent their whole life saving, saving, accumulating, and accumulating. And when they retire, you have to change this mode to now I'm withdrawing. And I tell you, it, my experience is it takes a year to two years just to get comfortable with that and just mm-hmm. to get people to spend money. And that's not always the case, but the majority of cases, I'm asking them, you know, when can you go on a trip? (laughs) When can you start spending money? Because they're just not used to it, and it's just so hard for people once they
1: stop working. And it's so funny you say that because (laughs) I know a lot of advisors out there would would want them to save money, save money. You know, keep keep money in your account because either they're charging a percentage or or whatever. They don't have truly, and this is just my opinion, but. Well, it's not my opinion. I've, I've met advisors like this. They they're more interested in what they have in the accounts because they get paid more than their clients actually either having fun or spending money in the correct way. So it, it, it helps them with taxes or whatever it is. Um, and I love that because you and I've had this conversation before where you're like, look, you're starting your retirement. This is a prime time when you've got some time. And you're you're healthy, and I mean it's just basic facts. Look, you you wait ten years to take that trip. That's ten more years. Your knees have to start getting wobbly, right? right. <laughs> ten exactly. more years that you're like, I'm gonna need to pack more ibuprofen for this trip, or whatever you know. So um, I love the fact that you're just like, look, you've got the finances. This is what we planned for. This is what we built over these last twenty years with you. It's time for you to enjoy all the fruits of your labor. Yeah. Um. And and do that first couple of years, and then you know reassess where you're at, and and do we take less trips? Do we take more trips? What kind of trips do you want to take now? Uh. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. And and that's it's funny because if you if you asked you know ten of my clients, probably eight of them would say that that's always on the agenda. You know, Tim asking me uh, t- or telling me that I should be spending more money. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I do what I can, right? Yeah. Yeah. We 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 do what we can. <laughs> So you know part of the whole discovery process there's really two priorities I have. number one is I'm trying initially to identify what we talked about before, which is their values, things like you know their their level one value which I would call security, financial freedom because everybody has a different what we call high net worth or, or money personality. Yeah. and I want to know what they're worried about so that I can help address it and I can you know anticipate and help plan for it. And then level two would be what we, you know, we talked about family, friends, community, you know, really what are their values? And level three is really what I would call like the higher self or, you know, what sort of um, legacy, you know, what are their reasons for being, you know, what's the purpose? What do they consider the purpose of the money that they really wanted to use it for and also communicate that to the next generation?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. And then the second priority I have is really you know, helping determine what I call like the high net worth personality because seriously, they're, I, I have clients that have all kinds of different reasons why, you know, they, they do whatever they do. So for example, I, I really enjoy working with what I call a family steward. And a family steward is really somebody whose, you know, primary motivation is really to protect the family, provide them for them financially, pass their legacy, pass their education, their knowledge, um, and really that's when I ask them things like, you know, what do you want to achieve with your money? Th- that's what they reveal that that's really their primary goal. And, and then it helps me craft a plan to, you know, to help them accomplish that goal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll, I'll ask that question and what comes across is, um, I have a number of clients who are what I call independents An independent is somebody who's maybe accumulating money but they're really doing it so that they can just do whatever they want right i mean not whatever but they mm-hmm. like to travel they like to fish they like to go skiing or they just want to stay at home and read a book but when they think of you know um you know growing wealth they're really thinking about financial independence and so i want to make sure i'm tracking that you know tracking when they can be can reach that point where they're financially independent and not have to worry about it based on all their goals but i i also have clients who are you know, accumulators where it's always about the high water mark, you know, so if uh, mm-hmm. like in this, and these are, I need to know this because I need to pay more attention during market volatility. Because, you know, when you have a situation like, you know, this year market goes up and that becomes the new high water mark. And if the market goes down, there's just a lot of stress, a lot of concern. So I need to anticipate and be aware of that. And I need to communicate differently, not differently, but a little bit differently to make sure that I'm, I'm making sure they're aware that this is a long-term process. Keep them on track, et cetera.
1: Well, of course. And that, that goes right back to what type of communication that you you have with your client, you know, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a text, whether it's an email, it's almost the same thing when you're talking about these personalities. It's not that you're changing the message necessarily because you, you work with all of your families very similarly. You, you go for their goals. So if you have somebody who is an accumulator, you're not going to try to get them to change their personality type to be that independent, right? I mean, so it's it's, it's just a change in communication on, based on what is going to relieve the most stress from your client and and help them live their best life possible. It doesn't have anything to do with any of these other personality traits.
2: Exactly, and you know, the, the other one is, um, I mentioned it earlier, somebody I would call a phobic, and a phobic is really just somebody that they just don't want to know about the details. They want to know they mm-hmm. have a plan, they're extremely trusting and you need to value and appreciate and respect that trust but they yeah. just want a partner that they, that they that can keep them on track let them know when they're getting off track and they need to either scale back or make a change but they you know, when I start getting into the details, I they're just like, really, please, Tim, stop, you know, yeah. you cut
1: yeah. it out. Yeah, I, I picture this person as the as the, the the guy or the lady who will text you just a, one simple symbol, a question mark, and then you text back a thumbs up, and that's it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the relationship. How are we doing? We're good. I mean, fantastic. It, talk to you next quarter, and not talk to you next year, whatever that is.
2: I remember back in I think it was 1988 or 89. I was just a couple years in the business, and I I had this elaborate. 20 page, you know, printout spreadsheet. And I remember trying to go through it because I'm a recovering accountant mm-hmm. and I just yep. saw them go, really, really, you know, you had me at hello. So <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I don't Fantastic. mean have you, but I mean, they trusted yeah. me and they said, yes, we want the plan. We don't need all that detail.
1: I- exactly. Exactly.
2: So when I meet ongoing with somebody like that, you know, I, we cover the, the plan, we make sure they're on track. I have all the detail uh, with me, but I know that I'm not going to bring it out unless they're really interested at that point to look for it. And, and usually I mean, a lot of times it's spouses are different, right? So one oh, yeah. wants the detail, one doesn't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> See, I like the detail. So this is so funny because I like the detail. My wife would absolutely not want to be there for the detail. She just doesn't want to get into that. Um, but I'm the guy that likes the details uh, sitting, having a sandwich and drinking a Guinness, yeah. right? <laughs> or having a burger and a Guinness. Let's just talk about it because I'm I'm almost the the not the phobic, I guess, but it would be, look, isn't this what I hired you for? I trust you, Tim. Yeah, You've got this. I, I know that we're we're going to be fine, but I do like the data kind of stuff because I like to wrap my brain around things. So if we could just have a discussion over a burger and a beer, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. That'd be fantastic with me. And then the
2: last one I'll just cover quickly is something I call the gambler. Oh. You know, um, <laughs> I, I love financial planning. I love tax planning. I love working on the puzzle of people's plans. Mm-hmm. We manage money and we have great processes. I have other teammates, you know, people on my team who really help manage that process because they love that and they focus on it more. So a gambler is somebody who really, you know, in addition, not just, they, they don't want just diversification. They also want to take risk. They want to look at individual securities, make a lot of different, you know, specific investments that are maybe highly concentrated and in that case, I know to bring a team, you know, other players on the team immediately in so that where we're in meetings going forward, we have the the specialists who can address some of the real details that they want mm, about their okay. specific investments. So a lot of it is, if I can identify what their goals are, what their personality is, I can also help identify what team, what who we need on the team going forward to make sure there's success. Got it. Yeah. All right. So again, I, I just wanted to, Talk today about this step one. You know, so this is really a, a sixty to ninety minute meeting. We really even haven't talked so much about investments with the client at this point. We're really trying to discover. We're really focusing on just gaining an in-depth understanding of who they are, what their goals are, what their values are, who they care about, et cetera, what kind of professional network they have, and then from there, what I want to talk about maybe in the in the next uh, podcast is really. The, the meetings that follow where we have an investment plan meeting and then something we call a mutual commitment meeting and, mm. and then a follow up. So there's really three or four meetings after this one. But the first one I th- I wanted to cover just in one podcast, just because I think it's so valuable and so important.
1: Yeah. and And, I, and honestly, I think that would be my favorite meeting. Yeah. I mean, a, a discovery process because that's the, that's the beginning of a relationship, right? I mean, that's, it, it's kind of like, I don't want to call it speed dating by any means because I don't want to compare the two, but it really is getting in there and just sharing information and really, it gives your client an opportunity to hear your heart, your mind, where you're at and gives you an opportunity to kind of diagnose and figure out, okay, where do I see this personality type and how can I best fit what they need? And, and then the decision is made. And so I, I think that would be, uh, you know, the, the best meaning to have right off the bat.
2: Yeah. Because, you know, everyone's goals and dreams, they change all the time. And, you know, clients work with us because we create customized plans based on their unique goals. We know they're going to change. So we, we help them down the path and we continually make sure we have the proper team along with what we're doing to make sure that they can achieve success.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, and as as we've been talking, there are people listening to this podcast right now that are saying, you know what, I'm the burger and beer guy that uh, that would love to have that discussion and uh, go over those types of things during that time. Or there's you know somebody out there that says, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a lady who likes to uh, have my hands in it to a certain extent. And then, you know what, I, once I trust the the advisor, I'm going to be more hands off and I just want to check in, you know, every once in a while, just to know we're still on track. We're still okay. They've put themselves in the shoes of the kind of the stories we talked about, and now they have questions. Right? How do they reach out to you, Tim?
2: So they can reach out to us. You can call me direct at my office anytime at 219-246-5370. You could also find us at Hightoweradvisors.com. We're
1: at Hightower Great Lakes. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is a great podcast. Thank you. All right. And thank you for listening to the Stream podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wealth Stream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC.